What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Kenobi. He is Chris Algieri, former world champion and a very happy man because Argentina just took up. Oh, oh, there's the jersey. Best jersey in the game, in my opinion. Argentina with a huge win. Chris is half Argentinian. We know this. Messi is that guy. One of the best soccer football games I have ever seen. Chris, the floor is yours. Take it away. I mean, what an epic, epic game. And Messi comes out. He's the GOAT. I mean, he's there there was there was a lot of people saying, Oh, it's Pele, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, it's Ronaldo, it's it's Maradona. Put it all to bed now. You know, the, the greatest of all time is 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 Messi. You know, and there's I don't think anyone has an argument anymore. He's the GOAT. He is the pound for pound number one. He's the Muhammad yeah. Ali of soccer. He is uh on the route Mount Rushmore. I said uh this World Cup final was like a heavyweight title fight, you know, taking punches, uh, body blows up against the ropes, uh, rope-a-dope. I feel like you guys played a little rope-a-dope. You got him, you got him tired and complacent, and you got maybe uh, the two-goal lead is the most uh, dangerous lead in all of sports. And I, I'm not a big football guy. I'm not a big soccer guy. Um, but I know that you score, Mbappe scores, what, two goals in two minutes? I've Less, never yeah. seen anything like that before. <laughs> Where, where, were you almost vomiting at that point? Where were you feeling when it was 2 nothing? and it's 2-2 within two minutes? And we, we were texting, you know, during the game. Like, I've had three heart attacks already. The game, <laughs> the game was for – for 80 minutes, it was, a, it was a drubbing. Argentina was playing better, playing faster. Their their, their ball handle was un, unchecked. They were up 2 nothing. It looked like we were going to walk away with it. It could have been easily been 3 nothing the way the way that Messi was, was putting on the, the pressure. And then – Mbappe is just a special, special guy, and he's going to be around for a long time. He's 23? 23 years old. He's the, the leading scorer in the Cup. I think he scored nine goals or he something He made $94 like that. million dollars this year. Good. He deserves it. The guy's a super athlete. When he started moving in the in, you know past that 80th minute, I'm like, look at this guy. He's so fast, so strong, so accurate. I mean, he's a he is a very, very dangerous footballer. And uh, yeah, he made, he made the game a game. I mean, it couldn't have been more dramatic. And it, and that's the only way it could have been because the guy who pulled it out of the fire was was Messi, of course. You know, how, wow. else, how else would it be? He's that guy. I mean, it was like watching yeah. like, a, like a great fight. It was like watching uh, back and forth and Rumble in the Jungle, Gotti Ward, Castillo Corrales all wrapped into one. Uh, it was awesome. I have to always have to put a boxing spin on. I was just tweeting out all sorts of I was trying. How could I turn this game into a boxing thing? And I got a good one off. Remember when Camboso said Art of War deception mm -hmm. about yep. why he missed weight? I said France was just waiting till Argentina was tired and complacent. Art of War. Well, I, I was surprised how easily Argentina shut them down and then how quickly France was able to turn it around. Like They looked like an entirely different team in the last 10 minutes of play. Good wow. stuff. Awesome. That concludes our, our soccer talk for the for Back the year. boxing. Yeah, back to boxing. Um, but that transcended all sports. Everyone was tuned into that. Um, this yep. past weekend, Saturday night on uh, Showtime, Frank Martin uh disposed of Michelle Rivera. I'm shocked by this. I'm not shocked that Frank Martin won. I'm shocked in the manner in which he did win. Basically, a shutout knocked him down in the seventh round. Uh, limited Rivera to the 67 punches in the in the entire fight. Rivera didn't land over 10 punches in any round. Uh, Martin, on the other hand, landed 40% of his power, uh, landed 30% overall, left hand after left hand after left hand. Got a new player. We got a new guy. Got at 135, and and I, I love it. This is how you earn your way up. We talked about this last week, about this fight being a true throwback. 
uh, you know, these two, one of these guys is going to emerge as a contender and it's, it's Frank Martin and he deserved it. One of the reasons I love doing this show every week is that you can look back and see when I was right and Dan was wrong. <laughs> I, told you, I told you, I told you, Martin, I don't like to say I told you so, but I don't know. I just had a feeling the kid, the kid's talented. He looked, he looked really hungry. He's looked hungry recently. Um, he's got an amazing team behind him. There's a bunch of killers all around him. It's just, yeah. And he went out there and he, he, he did what was expected of him from his, from his squad, from the people that he has behind him. That's the kind of performance that you would, you would expect. And I mean, he, he put all questions to bed that that kid is at a level above Rivera and he showed it that night. Look, look great. Well, you did pick him to win, but did, I guarantee you didn't think he was going to win like that. This was billed as a 50-55, maybe 60-40. Uh, I thought in terms of 60-40 um, in terms of Rivera, because he's just had uh, more seasoning and has had some some bigger fights. But you had to be a little shocked at how Martin like handled him so easily. Yeah, I'm not a gambling guy. I don't I don't put money on fights, but my brother does. And so he was texting me prior to the fight. He's like, what do you think about this this fight? I'm like, I'm like, I it's a, it's a true 50-50 fight, but I got Martin. And he goes, how? I go, I can see him stopping him early. I can see him stopping him late. I can see it going to decision. But I could also see Martin stopping him late or or winning a decision. I wasn't really going to see. I was probably like, thanks, Chris, for giving me every yeah. possible outcome there. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I, I had the kid winning. I said it. I, yeah, I, I knew I had, a, I had a very good feeling that he was going to win. Um, and But I didn't think he was going to do it in that way and that he was going to completely dominate. I thought he was, yeah. I thought it was going to be a fight. Yeah, the if you picked Martin by money line, you made some money on, on Saturday night. Now we look to the 135 pound division. Um, like we said, a new player here. It's a division that's going to be have some moving parts. Obviously, Devin Haney is the is the king right now with all four belts. Uh, but I think he has maybe one fight left in the division. He is the the guy, and you got Lomachenko. Uh, you got Javante Davis. You got Ryan Garcia, who, who is a full-blown 140-pounder that will be fighting at 136 because it's a huge money fight with, with Davis. We'll have more on him in just a bit. Then you got Isak Cruz. You got George Kimposis. You got William Zepeda. You got Frank Martin. I think that right there is a pretty solid eight right there. That's a, that's as good as any division in all boxing right now in terms of talent. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I do agree. And and because we are talking about Martin, he just fought, and he's, he's fresh in our mind. You know, he's he's probably the well, he definitely is. He's the least seasoned of the of the crew. And he might get thrown in a little early. And but we'll see if he can he can set up to that challenge. But he needs to make big strides in order to to compete with those guys who've been around for, for that much longer. Yeah, Zapeda throws a ton of punches. Camposos um is there, I guess, on, on merit. I think I think um he kind of showed or Haney kinda I hate to use the word exposed, but kind of showed that he's well, a limited he's, fighter. He, yeah, he's got the blueprint. The blueprint's out there now. Yeah. He's he's beatable, and and you know it, it's Haney showed how to do it. So I think other guys are going to copy that. How about Frank Martin versus Isak Cruz? I mean, I'm looking at this. Cool ring. fight. Yeah, it's a PBC fight. It looks like seems like Martin's aligned with PBC. He's got Errol Spence in his corner. That was cool seeing Errol Spence, and uh, that's also something we're going to talk about on this show too. So yeah, lightweight division. I know we're going to do our award show next week. Um, I we are going to have a uh, weight class of the year. Um. And I don't want to tip my hand, but man, 135 is absolutely loaded right now. And it's got a lot of good fighters. So that was on uh, Saturday night. Um, come out of this on Saturday night. We'll get right into er Errol Spence. Errol Spence was obviously in the corner of Frank Martin. They trained together with Derek James. Uh, Derek James, one of the best trainers in the world. It's pretty clear to see that. That guy's had a hell of a year. 
Uh, so Errol Spence, of course, is going to be asked by all the reporters, the Ali Sekbacks of the world, uh, whoever was there for fight hypes and all, all, all that. Um, you know, where do you stand? Like, what's going on? What's the latest? We haven't heard a fight announcement from you. Uh, Crawford has fought. Uh, that fight's over. You know, you're supposed to fight Stan. You're supposed to fight Stanley Onis. You're supposed to fight uh, Thurman. You're supposed to fight this, that, and the other. And he says, you know what? And he's like, I was gonna make an announcement for my fight, but then I got into a car accident. A 14 year old kid hit me head on. And yeah, Chris, you're 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 right again. You are right again. He said, car accidents are scary. They have uh, effects afterwards. You can walk away fine, but still the next day, like, oh man, like what the heck? Why does that hurt? Why does that hurt? And that seems to be the case. Spence says, I will not fight until May or June because of the accident. I have to delay my um, sparring, I have to delay training. That's big news. And I feel like it kind of got like lost in the sauce this weekend. So Spence is going to be out for a while again from a, a car accident. It's it's absolutely nuts. That's a that's a really scary thing to really think about. If you, th- if you think about what he's feeling and how long he's, he's saying that he's going to need to take off, who knows? He might need longer. You know, is it the eye again? Is it is it is it is is it his back? Is it you know his his ankle? Is his foot? Now it could be a lot of things. Car, like I said, car accidents do damage. You know, it's it's your body's moving very quickly. It there's a sudden stop. Tissue keeps moving. Things are stretched. You know, that's what scares me about the eyes. That you know, retinas. You know, it, it just it doesn't take a a ton of force to injure that very very sensitive area. Um, but listen, that's why so many people have, have back problems. A lot of it's from car accidents. That your bones keep moving and your tissues can't hold it. You know, that leaves long lasting, uh, you know, injuries and, and, and effects. Hopefully this is just minor and he's being, you know, precautious, but I don't know, man, that, that's a, that's a scary thought. Yeah. He, he didn't give any specifics. You couldn't be yeah. any more vague to Ellie sec back. He's just like, which worries me because of the eye, the retina. Yeah. Everything hurts. He said, you know, like uh, not one specific thing and, and who knows when I'll be back and just being very vague. Like, you know, it's obviously not going to be anytime soon. I think he was penciled in the fight in March which would have been great because take a look at it. Errol Spence has two fights since 2020. That is insane. Like, I mean, this is like a long list of a lot of fighters in boxing right now that have fought once this year or, you know, once a year. And obviously Spence's has a lot to do with, like we said, injuries and retinas and car accidents. But, you know, this is a guy that for up until 2020, you know, you got into the ring with this guy. He was just getting, he was fighting two, three times a year. He was very dependable. And there's a reason why he built himself into such a name and such of a tr- attraction, but two fights since 2020. I mean, this is, it sucks. And we're not going to get that Crawford fight anytime soon. I feel like now. Yeah. I mean, he, he's shown to be a very durable guy in the ring, but not so much when it comes to outside of the ring activity. So um, it's a real shame. It, it, you know, I, I was worried about the eye. This, you know, every time every, eyes are a problem. Eyes, eyes shorten careers. I don't, I don't care who you are. Look at Sugar Ray Leonard. His, his career was, was shortened because of a, a retina tear. Um, you know, so that, that's a very scary thing for a boxer. Hopefully we'll see a lot more of Errol Spence because he is one of the best fighters in the world today. And, uh, it's a big deal when he fights, you know, boxing, boxing needs the guy that those top dogs to be fighting and, and fighting often. Yeah. 32 years old. Um, he also said that like the Crawford fight won't be next. Like I thought maybe not saying that he's using the, the accident as a, an excuse or, but like the reason Crawford. I mean, Crawford got through with Evanesian pretty easily six rounds. You know, why wait? Like, why have Spence go out there and fight uh, a Thurman or something? Just have him fight him in February or or, or March. Easier said than done. But I kind of had a feeling it's like, oh, maybe he'll just like if he fights in May, in June, and it's and it's not going to be Crawford and it's going to be Thurman or some of the other names that we've heard. That means that we're looking at Crawford 
Spence possibly December. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are we doing here? This is getting out of control. It's just like this fight's cursed. This fight may never happen. It's more, I'm, I'm getting that vibe keeps going out. It's mean, it, it keeps getting pushed off. Things keep happening. Also, I don't know how long Spence is going to stay at 47. Him, him not being active is definitely not going to help. Uh, and who, how long is, is Crawford going to stay around? You know, he, he's, he's 35 years old. By the time they're fighting, they're probably going to, he's probably going to be 36. Yeah. He just made 10 mil. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't know. He gets another $10 million fight somehow. And does he need a Spence fight anymore? Does he want to fight Spence anymore? Who knows? You know, I don't know. This fight may never happen. Yeah. Um, Crawford put out a tweet and he said, uh, thank you, BLK Prime. BLK Prime put out a very vague message saying that the the uh, pay-per-view exceeded their expectations. I don't even know what their expectations were in the first place. If they got like 10 pay-per-view buys, that probably exceeded what they thought. Hey, but who knows with Crawford? You're absolutely right. It's like he could, he's a wild card. I said this on many other shows. He is an absolute wild card in this entire equation. Um, you know, he could find another C level opponent. He could move to 154. He could fight Jermel Charlo. He could, you know, link back up with BLK Prime, who's putting on another show February. Adrian Broner versus Ivan Redcatch. I don't know who exactly that serves. <laughs> That's a strange fight. Uh, yeah, so the boxing business, it's it's strange. Uh, Errol Spence, you know what he also said? He uh, he won't fight Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> this that. is another headline. Manny Pacquiao fought two weeks ago in a in an exhibition in <clears throat> South Korea, 44 years old. Pacquiao, of course, is never one to shy away from an opportunity to make money. Says, I will fight Crawford. I will fight <laughs> Errol Spence. Please, no. For the love of God, Pacquiao. You're 44. Like, you had a great career. We don't need to see you in there. I didn't want to see him in there with Spence two years ago when he was 42. And look what Ugas did to him. We don't need to see Manny Pacquiao three years removed from a competitive fight in there with a prime Spence and prime Crawford, even if they're fighting once a year. I agree. And I, I like the respect shown by Spence. You know, he was talking about Larry Holmes and he beat Ali and how he beat yeah. him up and how he thought that that affected his legacy. So and he's, he's being, I mean, he's being very realistic and pragmatic with everything that he's talking about Spence in terms of the injury, in terms of taking his time and in terms of not fighting Pacquiao and thinking about his legacy. You know, I, I, I you got to respect that. Isn't it kind of cool though? Like all you, I know fighters are historians and you are one of the, the biggest boxing historians and, you know, going back, like Mike Tyson has always knew the history of the sport, but you know, Spence is someone that doesn't you know, do a lot of interviews. And when he does, he's pretty guarded. He's pretty reserved. That was kind of cool to see him, you know, mention that reference. That's like a deep cut. Like look what Larry Holmes, you know, did to Ali. It wasn't pretty. I mean, he, he pretty much insinuated that Ali, you know, is the way he was, or was the way he was because of some of the beatings he took later on. And, and Spence is not trying to do that to Pacquiao and have history repeat, you know? Yeah, abs- excellent show of respect and 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 history. So, yeah, like I said, got to got to tip your hat to the guy. All right, Ryan Garcia, big news. The reason uh, we said we weren't going to do a show this week, but these are fun topics, and we figured we'd get in here and, and do it. And and this came over this weekend. I was a little shocked by this. Uh, Ryan Garcia will forego a tune-up. Uh, he was supposed to fight uh, Mercito Gesta. Chris, you're shaking your head. Uh, you actually texted me and said, let's tackle this issue. Um, go ahead. What, what do you think about this? Is it a good idea, a bad idea? And then I'll give you my thoughts. Terrible idea. This You need to be busy. 
he, he has been very inactive in recent years. He's going into what would be the biggest fight of his career by a long shot. Javante Davis is a is a short guy, but a tall mountain to climb. It's, it's <laughs> a huge, huge fight for, for Ryan Garcia. For him not to be sharp and primed, listen, activity matters. When you are active and you feel good and you're confident and you got training camps, not to mention he has to make 136 again. He hasn't been that low in what? Dan, you're the numbers guy two years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like 18 months, something His like that. His last two fights have been at 140 for Ryan Garcia. Correct. So and and that was I think that was I think honestly the third fight was two years ago. So making 136 while being inactive, it's that much harder. It's a, it, it's easier to make weight for a lower weight class if you fight in between. Going through that fight week, going through that 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 process of being able to bring yourself down, doing it drastically in one cut is much, much harder than it is in doing it over over two fights. If he fought this fight at 39 or 38 and this next one at 36, it'd be a lot easier for him to whittle that's his body down. Ryan's a big guy. He's tall. He's long. Making 136 is not going to be easy. Going, worrying about weight while worrying about the toughest fight in your in your career, very, very difficult task. Yeah, I'm trying to think of why he did this. Um, you know, he, he'll give quotes. I'm done fucking around. I'm going right after Tank. Uh, could have been fighting anybody and making a decent amount of money and win and keep the hype going. Uh, but for me, it's truly about greatness. I've worked so hard to get to this point, fought everybody my whole life. I promoted myself really well. I've done everything I could to get to this point where I can make a mega fight happen. Um, those are quotes. Those are fine. And, but I'm trying to look past the quotes. And I'm trying to figure out why uh, he, he would do such a thing. Um Maybe he just, yeah, like you said, doesn't want to go through with, with an, another tune-up type of fight. You know, Gesta is a former title challenger. He would probably, you know, get knocked out under under eight rounds similar to, uh, to, to Fortuna. Um, then I think about, like, is he just trying to make it one less barrier for this fight happening? Because when it first came out that they were going to fight April 16th and there was going to be a tune-up, uh, there was some blowback from boxing fans. Was blowback some from media? Why? Um, this is you know someone can get cut, someone can, can lose. Uh, this could blow up in boxing's face. It's happened so many times in the past. So maybe from that standpoint, maybe from you know this is a guy that's been accused of not being fully committed to the sport. This is his chance to make a ton of money, probably ten, fifteen million, uh, to fight Tank. And why risk you know going in the ring with Gesta, getting hurt, getting dropped, losing? All the above. Uh, from that standpoint, I kind of like it. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't think it will help him win. I think obviously getting in the ring and, and being active and and just continuing to fight will ultimately help him beat uh, Tank Davis. But if it's one less barrier we have to worry about getting this big fight, then it's the silver lining in all this, in my opinion. Yeah, but the greats all did this. They would fight on the same card on the same night, so you get you get people excited. You're seeing the fighters prime. They're ready. They're, they're they're fighting often. You get to see what they have going into the fight. It helps with the odds when you when it comes to who's going to win based on what their last performance was. Because in boxing, the only thing that matters is what have you done for your, for us lately. And Ryan hasn't done much lately. So for him not to 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 take a step aside on this, I mean, Tank's fighting the tough guy. He's taking a real fight. He's he he's the one, he, you know he's putting this this fight in danger. But listen, this is boxing, man. This is it's a everything's a fight. Anything can happen. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm thinking to the, the the greats of old who would who would build a fight and they would do that by fighting other guys, fighting contenders, and getting yourselves up to the, the the top. Yeah, I mean, Tank should be commended for, for taking on uh guard the other Garcia, um the 130 pounder that's moving up and and there's no doubt who's gonna be who has already had a better resume hanging into this fight. It's Tank Davis. There's no doubt who has um you know sharper 
That's that's Tank Davis. So I mean, Ryan Garcia is is maybe putting himself into a little bit of of a hole here. Um, we'll see how it all plays out. But you know, to counterpoint to what you just said, like you know, Sugar Ray Leonard fought on same cards as Hagler, and they try to build it yep. up and so forth. It's different now. You know this, like yeah, so, like social media. This is why Ryan said I promoted myself really well, and I've done everything I could to get to this point. Like if he shows up to Tank's fight, I don't know if he's going to. I could probably ask and his team and see if he's going to be there. That that honestly might just suffice rather than him getting in the ring. If he, you know, they the minute the fight's over with Tank on January seventh and he wins, and there's some type of announcement for the fight, uh, that can drum up interest too. I'm I'm looking at that from the 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 business standpoint. I'm looking at it as you know, it's just one less obstacle. You know, you're obviously looking at it as, as a fighter. You're like you're looking yeah. at it through the, that prism, which is why you, you're great at what you do. It's like. Yes, getting this guy back in the ring. He fought twice in 2022. Um, he fought in April, and then he fought in, in July, which I love because that's a quick turnaround. I thought he should have fought maybe one time at the end of this year with December, but he got into the discussions uh, with, with Tank to make this fight. So I thought maybe he could make up some time by fighting in January and, and getting that over with and, and, and staying sharp. But, you know, two of his last three opponents were southpaws. These are all reasons for, for why... You know, Ryan Garcia, this is what he told the Chris Mannix. You know, I fought twice in 2022. Two of my last three opponents uh, were Southpaws. And you know who absolutely hates it? <laughs> who came out and just was like, this is a huge mistake. This is a massive mistake. Oscar De La Hoya said, this is this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is not yeah. the move. We, we did not um, tell him to do this. And maybe that's Oscar talking like a promoter. And he he wants that, you know, another, you know, 10,000 at Staples Center or whatever they're calling it these days. And uh, wants that piece of the pie, but I'm sure he wants his guy to win too. What would you make of Oscar saying this was a good move? Oscar's a promoter, but Oscar's still a fighter. Oscar still thinks he's a fighter. He wants to fight. And he's talk, he's talk, he paints that every every couple couple of years or a couple of months rather. Um, you know, so he's old school, man. He's he's used to these kind of buildups and fighting, and he and he had done it tons of times. You know, fighting in the undercards of guys he's going to fight next, um, fighting on the same card together um you know taking another fight it's just i don't know it's just it's, it's part of old school promoting which i understand what you're saying too this ain't old school anymore we got social media ryan garcia is, is not a world champion he hasn't been in a world title fight he has gotten to where he's, he's at based on his own marking just like he said he said i've marked myself very well he is absolutely right he has been a genius when it came to to that side of it he's made a lot of money for a guy who's never fought for a world title and you know that's that's talking about that goes to what he has done with his career and the way that he's been able to move himself. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's being, he's taking it as a businessman approach, not a fighter's approach. Do you, so let me play devil's advocate here. I got a fighter right here. I'm talking to a fighter. So he goes through this with this guest fight and guess that doesn't give him any type of pushback. It's just a glorified mm -hmm. sparring session. Does that really help? Or could he get good sparring? Uh, can he just stay focused on tank? Like he said, doesn't blow up and weigh, doesn't go off the rails. Doesn't, you know, lives a clean, healthy lifestyle from now until he gets into camp. What, um, like March, early March or, or late February for an April 16th date, like going through a fight with guests. Does, does, does that really, really help you? And a guy that's not going to really give you that solid back and forth action that he would need for tank. Yes. Because of a camp. It's not just going through a fight. It's going through a camp. Camps In camps, you learn. It's not just about making weight and getting in shape. You, you learn. You progress. You find, out, you find out things about yourself. You get to work with your, your, your team. Um, the longer you're at a camp, the more time it takes to get into camp or camp mentality. So having that, that camp 
even if it's against a guy like like Jester that he he really I think you agree with me he should walk through he should he should bust bust him up he's uh, Ryan's an extremely extremely talented guy he's one of the most I've always said he's one of the most physically gifted of the, of that of that 135 pound group so for him and you know also he's a timing fighter too he's got great timing to go with that speed timing takes work and it takes fights and it takes action so I I like the idea of having another camp with your team to work on things that are going to work for the rest of your career. Also, you get in there with a guy and you get to, you get to practice your timing, you know, even, yeah. even if it's someone who really can't, or well, listen, everybody can fight, everybody can, can, can hurt you, but someone who's who you should beat, you know, you're going to get that timing and he's going to need that timing when he fights tank. Yeah. It could be like you see in baseball, it's like, um, before the playoffs start or after the, you know, the Yankees sweep one round and they have like six or seven days off to their next game and they do a scrimmage. Uh, they try to, you know, replicate like a game, but you can't replicate like that no. feeling that I think also helps too. you know, like, you know, the whole going through a process of fighting, you know, it's different with the whole fight arena week, full, make, right? Yeah, fight week, making weight, walk into that ring. And that walk is hard no matter what. Walk into a ring is, does things to you. Going into a ring does things to you. Being in a fight, you know, it could be a one round blowout. doesn't matter. You know, you it, it's, it has an effect on the fighter and uh, a long lasting effect. That's why we all do it. We, we love this shit. The fighting is, there's like nothing like fighting. Um, but I do believe that camps matter. Training matters and timing matters. And, the, you know, those are the things that I, Paulie, Paulie Monaji, one of the greatest commentators out there and a, a hell of a fighter, two-time world champion guy that I talk with uh, pretty regularly. He's big on timing. And for him, he always wanted to spar. He wanted to spar tough guys because he needed timing. And, you know, fight timing is different than, than sparring time. It's like, it's game pace. You know, it's, it's a, it's a different, a different level, different speed. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I always like to be busy. I wasn't able to be busy a lot of my career, but it wasn't because I didn't want to fight. It was because yeah. of the outside things that, that happened in a career. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing from a young guy to, to forego uh, a tune-up fight, quote unquote, you know, for, for a money fight. You see that with older guys because they want to get hurt. You know, training camps are hard. A guy like me, training camps are hard. And I might push it off because, you know, my elbow on my shoulder, but you know, yeah. Brian's young and fresh. Well, it's funny because fans hate tuna fights. And I, I do. He did mention that too on one of his tweets. It's like boxing doesn't need any more tune ups. Understand that. But it's funny how the boxing fans, it's like, first, I can't believe Tank is taking a tune up. Now I can't believe Ryan Garcia is not taking one. It's it's interesting. Just get me to April. Get me to April, whatever, 16th. We'll all be in Vegas for, for a big fight and we'll see how it affects him. Uh, Tank is yeah. going in with sharp. Ryan Garcia, and you got Joe Goosen too. Uh, I would love to hear what uh, Goosen's thoughts on this. Whether would he would he? I know he won't say anything. He won't be as outward outward as uh, Oscar was. Um, but he's got his work cut out for him. Joe Goosen will will uh, have to bring a lot of people into that San Diego gym and 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 mimic uh, a fight night atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know I'm a fan as, as well, and we always talk about that. I I don't like tune up fights either. No fans do, but. Remember when Canelo was busy and he fought four times in a year? Yeah. Against guys that yielded in, like who cared? I don't care. It's Canelo fighting. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. It, we had the guy busy. You know, he, he, he same same time. Yeah. You know, he had four fights in that year. He had two tough ones and two easier ones. But like, I don't care. You know, he, he was busy. It's it's good to be busy. It's good to be in the atmosphere. You know, in in the spotlight. It's good for fans to see you, even if they don't love the matchup. If you fight more often, it's, it's what have you done for me lately? So. Um, I don't know. I just, I like to see these guys busy. I like to see people in the ring. 
Yeah, I think Ryan Garcia is going to come on our show. I talked to his team. and awesome. uh, Yeah, I think the first show of 2023, uh, we're going to get Ryan Garcia on. We'll ask him what he thinks. And we'll, we'll uh, I'm sure he's going to be asked a lot about it. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on it. That should be a good start off the year with a bang, talking uh, to Ryan Garcia. Unfortunately, we have some bad news before we say goodbye. Um, Steve Smolger, double S, one of the best reps in boxing, uh, legendary figure in, in the sport, passed away at age 72. Um, I knew him since I was a little kid. I know you had a lot of interactions with him, ref some of your fights. Awesome guy, known for uh, letting fights go on, old school uh u.s air force reserve uh was a uh judge uh just a boxing lifer judged over uh excuse me refed over 200 world title fights including hopkins trinidad at the garden after 9 11 pavlik jermaine taylor james tony mike mccallum one ward frotch um like i said 200 fights in total Good guy. I didn't even know he was sick. Uh, it's going to suck not seeing him uh, ringside because I feel like he was like a fixture, especially in New York. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I had no idea that he was sick either. I wish I did. I would have loved to have talked to him, got him on the phone. And, you know, I've t- I haven't seen him in probably about a year or so. But, uh, yeah, he, he refed a couple of my fights. One of my first fights he ever refed, it was a it was a barn burner. And he loved it. At the end of us, he's, he's at the end of fight, he's hugging and kissing both of us. He was you know, kissing. The- love kissing fighters. Yeah, loves kissing guys. And he uh, – he- <laughs> Right, right before they announced that I that I won the fight, he taps me on on the stomach and he goes, "Kid, you're ready for Showbox." I think I had like six or seven fights at the time, wow, which is already cool. And then uh, I was down in DR with him when I got into that big uh, riot scrap. Oh God, you were there. <laughs> I was there. And I didn't know Steve you were at that. Us. Yeah, Steve was with us when that when that went down, and uh, he was one of the guys that we were really trying to make sure we protected and got in, but. You don't 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 worry about him. He was fine. He was walking through war, walking through walking through fire, no problem. I mean, what an amazing guy. I mean, it was always cool to see him. Always good to chat with him. And more than more than just being a great ref, he, he cared. He really yeah. cared about fighters. Yeah, he let us kill each other. He let us beat the hell out of ourselves. But um, he just had so much respect for for fighters, and he he really cared and loved each and every fighter that he ever worked for worked with. So he, he'll he'll be missed. The, the sport is is definitely going to be going to be lacking now. Yeah, between him and Mills Lane, man, in the last yeah. two weeks, those are two uh, huge referees of uh, Iconic. the past. Iconic, yeah. Smoker was double S, Steve Smoker, like third man in the ring, and he would always do the point, and uh, he was known, his thing was he, he would never stop the fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, which honestly doesn't fly anymore because of uh, all these you know injuries and insurance and all that stuff, but man, he was a real throwback. Didn't realize he was Atlantic City's, I'm looking at his uh, this ring article, uh, Atlantic City's first full-time city prosecutor in 1980. Mm-hmm. Also served in the U.S. Air Force Reserve for three decades. Maybe that's why he wasn't nervous walking through that riot. This guy's in not the- at all. <laughs> Steve Smoger, 72 years old. That's that's a sad one. Um, yeah, I hate to end the, the story, uh, the show on on a sad note, but he, he's a legend. Uh, we headed to Christmas week. Uh, what's what's on the the docket in the Algeri family? I'm I'm staying down here in Florida. I'm I'm uh I'm gonna have palm tree Christmas. Wow, down here. Sure. Yeah, I was up I was up for uh, Thanksgiving, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay down here for Thanksgiving. The, my nephews are all pretty grown now. I'll send them I'll send them some Venmo money. That's all yeah. they care about. Anyway. That's all they so care about is money. I, I'm I don't, I, got, need, I don't need to be up there. <laughs> I got seven nieces and nephews, and from age one to sixteen, like the sixteen and the thirteen year old just want cool clothes. 
but then there's a lot of kids and that's fun for me like adults are boring yeah i want like i got all sorts of stuff like that's the best part in my opinion is just giving out toys to your family members and watching them put it all together so god that's what's going I agree. on with Kenobi i agree i agree a thousand percent now that my kids are all grown they're all men like they, yeah. don't, they don't care nobody, nobody cares they're not even gonna wake up <laughs> <laughs> wake up at like 10 11 stumble yeah. out of bed like what, where, why are we getting up at six anymore what, what's up what's going on with that um well how about one uh christmas wish list if you could have one wish uh for, uh what would be on your christmas wish list for in the boxing world Spence Crawford, man, I want that fight to happen. I really, that's an easy, it's an easy one. Came right, 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 right to, uh, right to my lips right away. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, shit, I, that's that's. I think that's the spot, the fight that needs to happen. Yeah, I guess mine would be less pay per views mm. for the fans. Good this one, is a show for the fans. You know, that's very altruistic of you. To, yeah, less pay per views, to... even though it's not gonna, not gonna come true. Nah. No, no. there'll be more pay per views in twenty. But you're positive. You're positive, Dan. That's right. I, I, you are. You're optimistic, positive, Dan. So I got the happy face right here. That's right. All right, man. That's the show for this week. Everyone, enjoy the holidays. We'll be back next week with our year end award show. It's going to be a doozy. We have a lot of of award uh, categories, and we'll take a look at the year as a whole, up and down type of year. We'll have it all for you next week, as always. Uh, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up. Stay out of those DMs.